Hello, and welcome to Right Care Baptist. Today, Henry and I will be talking with Dr. Elizabeth Lund about her experience with COVID-19 in pregnancy patients, and specifically about the COVID-19 vaccine in pregnancy. Dr. Lund, welcome to the program. Good morning. Glad to be here. Can you tell the audience just a little bit about your background and, and your clinical practice? I'm an OBGYN practicing both in Martin, Tennessee and Union City, Tennessee. Uh, with Baptist Medical Group. I have been a practicing OBGYN since 1996 in this area. Um, we have a large group with uh, three physicians and four midwives and four nurse practitioners caring for women in Northwest Tennessee. Well, great. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and, and talk to our medical staff this morning. Henry, do you want to kick us off? Too. And Dr. Lund, let me also thank you for taking time out of your busy practice. You, you've, got a, you've got a very busy practice there and Appreciate you taking the time. So th this whole experience that we've had with COVID-19 and vaccination in pregnancy uh, has, has been uh, an interesting journey. So in our data, we have seen a little bit of a decrease in the COVID-19 vaccination rates among uh, women of reproductive age. And we'll, we'll say that's 18 to 39. Are you, what are you seeing in your practice? Uh, those women who who are who do have access to the vaccine. I agree. I, I see. I see a reluctance in women in that age group to to be vaccinated at this time. Uh, we are talking to those patients and talking to the employees in that age group regularly about the vaccine to provide them with latest information about it. But I'm still finding that group of women to be reluctant. So you know, ACOG and uh, the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine. Uh, at first, uh, it, it had some reservation going back to the, the, the November and early December releases from them. And then uh, right around the Christmas week, they both reversed their position. Uh, did, you, did you have to change some of the, your counseling with patients in that time period? I think we were able to then reinforce our counseling and say we have the, the support now from the national societies to give women vaccinations. Um, and I think that, in fact, is beginning to help uh, talk to these women and, and start the dialogue in order to help them make the decision. Along those same lines, the WHO recently came out and advised, I guess, holding off on the vaccination for pregnant women. How are you going to change your counseling um, or how are you going to address the questions that you're likely going to get uh, from, from people that have seen that announcement? Well, the WHO basically uh, statement saying they don't recommend uh, the vaccine for all pregnant women. However, they do recommend the vaccine for pregnant women in high-risk groups, such as women who are in the healthcare professions and women who have other high-risk uh, medical conditions uh, COVID-19. So those women, they still group into that uh, category that should be offered the vaccine. And, and just to... Uh... I guess, yeah, help me understand. I'm talking to two OBGYNs and I'm, I'm really the, the ignorant internist who would consult y'all anytime I ever had a pregnant patient come into the hospital because even if I was just going to give her Tylenol, I didn't know what to do. But why is it that there's such a controversy with this group? Can you tell us a little bit about the, I guess, just the history of why there would even be concern with vaccinating pregnant patients? Well, in pregnancy or pregnant patients are often excluded from any sort of investigational studies and any 
Uh, so women were not studied in the Pfizer or the Moderna uh, vaccine trials. So we have not an abundance of safety data uh, in pregnancy for the vaccine at this time. Also, there was uh, in the fall, uh, a lot of when the vaccines were being discussed, there was a lot of misinformation that was circulated on social media about the vaccine and problems with infertility and problems with uh, pregnancy uh, that originated from a German scientist uh, and was later uh, removed from social media. Facebook took it all down, but it was grabbed on by the anti-vaccine bloggers and they uh, put that information out widely. And I think people got scared about taking the vaccine at that time. Yeah, I've definitely heard a lot of that from my friends that were worried about the, the even those that were not pregnant that were potentially worried about the infertility um, rumors that were going around. And, and I know you know, both Pfizer, Moderna, and all the other agencies have said that that was not um, it was not a concern and not a possibility. Do you have any anything else to, to say about that? Well, the the whole uh, premise of that discussion was that the MR, the messenger RNA, somehow got in and changed the genetic code and and caused problems. And we know that that is not, in fact, true. Yeah, my understanding is that the the mRNA is very transient within the system and gets gobbled up completely, and 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 again, it doesn't get into the nucleus of the cell, so it couldn't change your your DNA anyway. So I know all those have been shut down. But back to the original point that the reason why some of these uh, government agencies are on the fence was because it, it's not because they found any harm in vaccinating pregnant patients in the trials is that they just were not included in the trials to begin with. And historically, pregnant patients are not included in the trials, or included in, in a lot of drug trials, not just uh, these vaccination trials. You'll have, a, you'll have a lot of experience with that, I would imagine, over the years and, and how you counsel patients on new drugs or even old drugs that don't have safety data. Correct. You know, and Jake, to, to that point, we, we have been uh, burdened with a lot of history of uh, medication use uh, during reproductive years and and especially during pregnancy. The, the two the two great examples would be thalidomide with with the subsequent focamelia in, in newborns. That was primarily out of out of Britain, and then uh, diethylstilbestrol (DES) uh, and the, some of the reproductive. Uh, and also some unusual carcinomas that came both to male and females, primarily uh, female fetuses, uh, whose moms took this medicine during pregnancy. So, is so that the clear cell carcinoma? Clear yeah, cell? Exactly. Very. very oh yeah, that, that's the step one question that I had to get right. So yeah. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that was that was primarily in the mid Atlantic states. You didn't see DES used much south of south of Washington D.C. Uh, and north of Boston, it was it was in that in that geographic distribution where DES was popular. But yet, yeah, Dr. Lund and I both have have seen probably um, those women who have had some uh, uh, reproductive challenges following their maternal ingestion of DES. And so we're 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 burdened, and, and all women obviously are are concerned about ingestion of anything during pregnancy and 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 Dr. Lund and I probably have taken that same conservative position and support that over time but th this is different I, I just want to ask Dr. Lund have you had any um any pregnant patients with COVID-19 pneumonia we have had some uh early on that had COVID-19 I haven't seen as many recently 
uh, and they're, they tended to be thicker than the patients that uh, were not pregnant at that time. And the same thing is, I guess, is what you're seeing is similar to influenza in pregnancy, where it tends to have a much more of a, a fulminant, aggressive course than it does in, in the, in the non-pregnant uh, female. Yes, correct. In fact, uh, the general consensus is that women who are pregnant who uh, become COVID positive and are symptomatic are about five more, five times more likely to end up in the ICU and on a ventilator than women who are not. Um, there are also some evidence that those women may be at an increased risk for preterm uh, delivery. Although there's some conflicting data that's been recently released by uh, JAMA, but I think uh, most of the consensus is there are some adverse pregnancy outcomes that can occur too. So you've seen, you know, that the COVID-19 pregnant patients are, are sicker or higher risk for, for worse outcomes. Uh, and we've also you know, just don't have a lot of data from the trials because there weren't a lot uh, of the COVID-19 vaccination in pregnant women. Although the trials did, the early trials did um, vaccinate pregnant animals. It's, you know, so far there haven't been, from what I've read, any adverse reactions reported in, in the animal models. Is that what you've heard as well? That's correct. Uh, and it was the DART study, the developmental and reproductive toxicity uh, study that was done by Pfizer, and there were no uh, adverse outcomes on the animal model. And then some of the patients that were, the, you know, human patients that were in the uh, early stage trials did later go on to be pregnant. Um, is my understanding, and so far there have been no reported uh, adverse events related to those patients that have later gone on to be pregnant. Is that true? Yeah, correct. There were in in one of the in one of the groups there were eighteen women in the vaccine group, and none of them have had any adverse outcomes compared with the placebo group. And in the placebo group, actually two there were seventeen women, and two of those women went on to miscarry, which is an acceptable range uh, if you look at national uh, or, or data over time. Um, but yeah, we haven't found any, any problems yet in that group. That is all very reassuring. And so I, I know you, you get questions on a daily basis from your patients and from your colleagues. What sort of questions are you getting uh, most commonly about the COVID-19 vaccine? And in not just pregnant patients, but in those in the reproductive age group that we maybe haven't talked about. I think the most common cause is it's going to, the most common question I'm getting is, should I get the vaccine? I, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm young. Um, why do I need to get the vaccine? Could it cause me not to be able to get pregnant? My husband and I are thinking about getting pregnant in the next six months. Should I get the vaccine now or, or should I wait? And that's probably the biggest question I'm getting outside of the pregnant group of women. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. And and how are you counseling those that are healthy and you know looking to get pregnant, but you know not quite pregnant yet? Well, if they're a high risk group, a healthcare worker or someone who is being offered the vaccine at this time, I know that in our local area they're offering it to uh, people who work um, in uh, the school systems. Teachers are being offered the vaccine at this time, in addition to healthcare workers. And if they're in that group, even if they're healthy and young, I'm recommending that they go ahead and get the vaccine um, because uh, we don't have any indication that it's going to cause any infertility issues. And the drug, the vaccine is very safe. I mean, there are minor side effects with some fever, some arm soreness, things like that. But that they go ahead and be vaccinated. 
It all makes very good sense. And if somebody is pregnant, is there a trimester that they should be vaccinated in or does it matter? It does not matter. You know, so we, we talked about uh, vaccinating pregnant uh, individuals, but what about those who have delivered and are breastfeeding? Is there any concern about those that are breastfeeding receiving the vaccine? And what could those possible concerns be? Um, possible concerns when you're breastfeeding and taking any kind of medication, vaccine included, would be that you would secrete uh, particles from that medication or vaccine into breast milk. This has not been found to be the case uh, with most medications, definitely not with this vaccine. Uh, the WHO, ACOG, uh, the CDC all recommend that women who are breastfeeding go ahead and receive the vaccine if they're in a risk group to receive the vaccine. And that all makes sense. And, and are there any benefits potentially of continuing to breastfeed after you've been vaccinated? Could the antibodies that you're generating um, go on to, I mean, I assume that a lot of those go into the breast milk. Would that be a potential benefit? Would yes, that would, be a, that would be a potential benefit. I, I do have one question that I don't know if we've covered. You know, you, you mentioned some of the side effects of the vaccine. Um, you know, a lot of people have maybe a mild low-grade fever, some chills, things of that nature. Is there any concern with, you know, those symptoms and uh, potential miscarriage? Do we know anything about that? We don't like for women who are pregnant to run very high fevers, but you, if they do have a fever after they receive the vaccine, Tylenol most oftentimes will control their symptoms. That's good to know. Thank you. Dr. Long, let, let me ask you a question then, because there is there is so much information out. And, and back to your point you made earlier about social media many times will lead, um, lead uh, perhaps a, a concerned person astray. Uh, have you come across any, any material in, in your research from institutions that that you think helps to counsel women? And if so, would you share some of that information with us? In reviewing this information, um, I pulled up a, a handout for patients from the University of Massachusetts Medical School titled, I'm Pregnant, Should I Get a COVID Vaccine? Um, and it's very informative. It, it goes through a list of, you know, what are the benefits of getting the vaccine? Um, uh, what are the risks of getting the vaccine? Um, and should I get it if I'm breastfeeding? And uh, and I think that it's not got a little excerpt um, from people who are pregnant and physicians and what they think about it and did they get the vaccine. Um, and that uh, I think we printed it and given it to several patients and they found it to be very informative. So there's been a lot of misinformation that has been floating around social media related to the COVID-19 vaccine and especially related to the COVID-19 vaccine and pregnant patients or females looking to get pregnant and that we've discussed already, but what are your main strategies for counteracting some of this misinformation that you've been hearing? I think actually one of the biggest groups that I've had to deal with this with are uh, some of my nurses, uh, and they have been on social media and they have read, and we tell them, I sit down and I say, here, here are the facts, here are the medical facts, let's go over these again. Yes, but I've heard this and I've heard that, and I had, the, I had COVID in the fall, should I get the vaccine now? And we've been going through all of the uh, social media posts and trying to explain to them why this isn't true. Um, and and that's, been a, that's been an uphill battle for us. Uh, uh, and I was speaking with one of my partners yesterday, and, and she said she was having a problem, but we trying to get everybody on the same page has been very difficult because of all of the uh, social media and the news uh, 
that's been put out about the vaccine. Um, but I think it's very important that we do come together, uh, especially, and I think that's why one of the, this podcast is an important uh, thing for people to have to look at and say, here's the latest information. Let's all get together because the vaccine is very important uh, in, in going forward with this disease. Yeah, I agree. And, and I know, I think some of the ongoing trials or some of the newer trials are actually going to start including pregnant women in their trials. You have any insider input on, on that? Because that would definitely help to, to settle some of these issues, I think. Yes, Pfizer uh, started or, or they were they were scheduled to start including women in January uh, in their trial. They were going to include pregnant women in the trial in order to um, get more data in pregnancy. I think that'll help a lot. Henry, do you have any uh, closing comments or questions? No, I, no I, I just appreciate Dr. Lund coming on today with us because uh, back to your point, Dr. Lund, uh, there is so, there's, a, there's so much misinformation that's out there. Uh, in this particular demographic, and and I think every every uh, conscientious woman wants to be very cautious about about preventing any harm to a child that uh, she's either carrying or, or or breastfeeding or is considering conceiving, and, and as they should. So for you to come on today and help to clear clear the air on on these concerns and perhaps allay any of their uh, fears or misgivings about pregnancy, breastfeeding, and, and future pregnancies around the vaccine, uh, I think it's been very helpful. Do you have any other just closing comments for those who are listening to this podcast? Um, any further advice? I recommend that if you're scared about getting the vaccine, you're scared about the side effects, don't be. Uh, that The side effects from the vaccine itself are, are minimal, soreness, not feeling good for 24, 36 hours, but the benefits to getting the vaccine are, are uh, enormous, uh, and I recommend that you go ahead and get the vaccine. I, I had COVID in the fall. Uh, I never knew I had COVID. Uh, my family had it. I never had any symptoms, but I tested and had antibodies, but I went ahead in January uh, and have been, I've received my first vaccine. I received my second one next week. Good for you. And again, I, we really want to thank you for taking time out of your busy practice to speak with us and 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 share this information with those uh, who have to give counseling to women who are either pregnant, breastfeeding, or considering getting pregnant, or or women who are who have listened to this broadcast. Thank, thanks again, Dr. Lund. Appreciate you. Thanks. Thanks for being here. And thank you everybody for listening to Right Care at Baptist. Remember, if you scroll to the show notes, you can find the link to the CME survey. Talk to you next time.